How's everyone doing tonight? I got one whoop. There we go, a little bit more. <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, my name's Jonah Wilson. I have been coming to Revive for about a year and a half now. I started coming in February of 2019. I was invited by Shiloh, who's in the audience right there. She started coming in January, and we were both in a connect group together. And uh, we were at Fridays, and she told me about this thing called the Russian church, young adults meeting on a Sunday night. And I was like, that's intriguing. I should check this out. I want more details. And so she sent me the details, and um, I came Sunday night a little bit late. But because my brother encouraged me, we both came together and just enjoyed the message and uh, got plugged into family dinner and then got plugged into men's group and just fell in love with with Revive. So just really been enjoying being able to learn to grow um, in my calling and what God has laid on my heart. Um, tonight, I'm really excited to be able to speak. Um, thank you, Alex, for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, evangelism is something that's been on my heart, so just learning how to speak better and be able to, to be able to speak to you tonight is awesome. I want to start tonight by asking a question. Um, have you ever been faced with a decision where you have two different voices inside of your head and you're struggling to find out which one's the right voice to listen to? You want to listen to God, you want to hear him, but you feel like he's silent. Obeying the voice of the Lord is not pixie dust. I know some of you know that I like Disney. You think that it's like, oh, if you just kind of spend enough time with him or if you just magically say the right words, he'll just start speaking to you. But that's just not the case. It's a relationship. You build time with him, and that's how you start to understand what his voice sounds like. A couple weeks ago, someone came to me that was close to me um, and shared something with me that was pretty crushing, and I was faced with a choice. Do I take that, and do I use righteous anger and crush them back, or do I love them? I, uh, in digging through the word and just kind of understanding a little bit more about how do you listen to that voice that's inside of your head, um, was really looking at someone who was wise, who was called a man after, his, uh, after God's own heart. Um, he had the spirit of God moving within him. It's King David, and with all the wisdom and the insight that God granted him, he was still faced with decisions, and he still had two voices speaking to him at times. So if we could open our Bibles to 2 Samuel 24, we're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to look at how David, who was faced with an opportunity to, to obey God's voice or listen to the enemy, what did he do? So in 2 Samuel 24, verse 1, it starts with, Again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go, number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, Go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and number the people. But why does my Lord um, delight in this thing? Oh, sorry, and number the people that I may know uh, the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, May the Lord your God add to the number of people a hundred times as many, while the eyes of my Lord the king still sees. Why does my Lord delight in such a thing? But the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. So why was God angry at David taking a census? You see that at the beginning of the verse, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. 
If we turn to Exodus 30:12, we get a little bit more context on the understanding of how a census was supposed to be taken and how to walk in the will of God. In uh, Exodus 30, verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses, When you take the census of the people of Israel, then each shall give a ransom for his life to the Lord when you num number them, that there be no plague among them when you number them. So the census itself was not a bad thing. You can see clearly that the Lord laid it out, and it was the will of God to number the people, but it was how you do it. The problem was David was doing it out of the will of God, and he wasn't following God's process. So that begs the question, whose voice was he listening to in that, that circumstance? Why did he decide to take a census? It doesn't say specifically in 2 Samuel, but if we turn to 1 Chronicles 21.1, we receive a little bit more context. It says, Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Now, Satan simply means the adversary, so it could have been the devil, or it could have been someone on his council that wasn't following the will of the Lord. Doesn't matter so much as the, the concept that he wasn't listening to the voice of the Lord. He was choosing bad counsel in that moment. So that begs the question, when there's two voices inside of your head, what do you do? You choose the wisest, not the loudest. When there's two voices speaking inside of you, are you going to listen to the loudest one that's screaming and yelling, or are you going to listen to the wisest? Back in January, I was walking to work. I worked downtown at Cincinnati Bell, and um, I was walking into work, and we work in the Atrium 2 building, and we walk past the Walgreens every morning. And um, typically, homeless people hang out around the Walgreens because um, people are coming in and out of the Walgreens. So I was walking past the Walgreens, and for the first time, I heard the Lord very clearly say, buy that man Kitty's coffee. I want you to go and buy him Kitty's coffee. And I heard another voice inside of my head saying, you're late to a meeting, just continue onward. He'll have someone else that will probably give him money. He doesn't really need a coffee. He just needs money. That's all he's begging for. And I'd love to tell you today that I listened to the wisest voice, not the loudest voice. But unfortunately, I listened to the loudest voice and continued on to my meeting. But, of course, when I was in the meeting, the Lord convicted me and the Holy Spirit was moving and saying, I really wish you had obeyed me in that moment. It's the small moments that lead to the big moments later. If you can obey me in these small moments, you're going to be able to obey me in the big ones. And so, of course, listening to that and being convicted, I was like, okay, Lord, I'll use my lunch hour. I'll go back down and I will buy him lunch instead. But he was already gone. And the Lord again told me, I wanted you to obey in that moment, not later. And uh, one of my friends, a couple weeks ago, he spoke, um, and he said a, a, a very short but memorable quote. He said, delayed disobedience is still disobedience. That's what it was in that moment. I, I disobeyed. I didn't listen to the voice that was telling me, go buy him Kitty's coffee. Go show him the love of God. Now, it's not to say that that's a bad thing. Like, I, I, I learned from that moment. He's teaching me, and I'm, I'm growing in that. But it definitely showed me that in the next moments, as I listened to his voice, listen to that wise voice, not the loudest. So the question is, how do we know that we're listening to the wisest voice? Well, number one, the motivations are going to align with God's. 
It seems that David was motivated by pride, ambition, and reliance upon man instead of God. He saw Israel as his people, not God's ultimately. And so he's like, I'm going to take a census. I'm going to number the people. And he disregarded God's command to only take a census when he tells him to and to offer a sacrifice when you do to avoid plagues. Another illustration, a couple weeks ago, I um, saw something on Facebook from someone that's close to me, and they posted something with some dark humor attached to it. And um, the hilarious punchline, unfortunately, alienated the group of people. Someone that even I'm close to that's kind of part of that group as well. And so because this person's a Christian and because they host Bible studies, I felt the, the conviction, oh, I should correct him in brotherly love. Not publicly, but I should do it privately. I should send him a private message and tell him, you know, hey, this isn't following Ephesians 5.4, where you're not supposed to use foolish talk or crude language, that it's going to destroy your testimony. So I was prepared. I wrote up my message that I was going to send. I, was, I felt like it was as loving as possible, but I felt the tug from the Lord that he's not ready and his heart's not open to receive that, so don't send the message. So I didn't send it. That's listening to the wisest voice, not the loudest, is to, to stop and to ask the Lord into your every decision before you go and send a message or you go and do something. It's inviting him in. We have to be open to asking the Lord in each decision to check to make sure that our motivations align with his. And then number two, we need to listen to wise counsel. We need to surround ourselves like David with wise people. It's important to surround ourselves with wise friends that know and love God. It's why we in Revive do a discipleship tool like Pivot, where we give God control of our time and our actions, and then we do a daily call with someone where we're praying for each other and we're asking them to help us understand and discern the decisions that we're making each day and to be able to hear that wisdom on a day-to-day -day basis. It's why we get involved in things like Connect Group, where we're diving into the Bible on a weekly basis, and we're hearing other people's wisdom as well as they dive in too with us, and we are able to discern and unlock new understanding from the Bible. King David was surrounded by a wise counsel in his palace, and you even see Joab trying to warn him not to follow through with the census. If you read in Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, it says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Here's the thing, though. When we make a mistake, when we listen to the wrong voice, the question is, what do you do next? We should always be looking back up to the Father, even when we make mistakes, and inviting him in into the next decision. Though we may not have invited him in in the first decision, we can always make that choice to invite him into the next decision and hear his voice. So our, our story with David isn't quite finished. If we take a look at 2 Samuel 24, starting in verse 10, um, we can see his response when he realized that he listened to the wrong voice. But David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord, Three things I offer you. Choose one of them, that I may do it to you. 
So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee for three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall, they be, shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now consider and decide that it may be done to you. We see here that when David sinned against the Lord, he was provided with three choices to amend for his sin. The three years of famine, the three months of running from my enemies, or three days of pestilence. So even in sin and disobedience, we can see the Father's love for David. We also see that God is a God of choice. He does give us choices. So he gave him a choice, and ultimately, in that moment, he checked his heart posture. Will he choose to lean on God, or will he choose to lean on man? Continuing in verse 14, it says, Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time, and there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba 70,000 men. And when the angel stretched out its hand towards Israel to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the, Lord, to the angel who was working destruction among the people, It is enough. Now stay your hand. David chose to point his hope and his trust in God instead of man. He recognizes that by choosing the three days of pestilence, ultimately the Lord can decide how long it lasts and how great of a destruction it's going to be. He knew that God was merciful, steadfast in love, and was hoping that in that moment that the Lord would relent, and we see that he does. He prevents Jerusalem from getting destroyed. I think also he was even looking in that moment and recognizing, I made a mistake. If I could do the three days of pestilence, I might even be destroyed myself. The Lord might not have mercy on me and, and take me out of power, but the Lord was looking at his heart posture, and he saved him. I'm ultimately thankful that we don't live under pestilence and, and um, destruction. Uh, we live under the grace of God. We don't live under the old covenant anymore. Um, but with that, there's still a message that we can learn from David. When he realized that he sinned, he immediately turned himself back to God and ultimately chose the punishment that would come directly from the Lord as well. We're filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and his voice is there to guide us. When we recognize that he's telling us that we messed up, it's not to condemn us, but to convict us and bring us back to the Father. We are all on a journey to listen and obey the Father better. At the beginning, I mentioned that I was faced with a decision. Do I respond to someone with righteous anger and crush them, or do I respond in love? It was tough, and I honestly decided to seek a lot of wise wisdom in this situation from several friends on how to handle it, and uh, I chose to walk it out in love. I had a conversation and invoked as much love as I possibly could, and it went better than I was expecting because of it. In this moment, I chose to listen to the wisest voice, the voice that was reminding me of 1 Corinthians 13 love, that was telling me that God's grace renews every day and so should mine. Obeying the voice of the Lord and choosing the wisest voice, not the loudest, it's a process that takes continual renewal of your mind, just like Romans 12, 1 through 2 reminds us. The more you bring your thoughts, your decisions, and your actions to the Lord through prayer, the more you can test and discern if it's what he is telling you to be doing. 
but live in freedom knowing that his grace is constant and it renews every day so that we can draw closer to him and grow in our relationship and communion with the Father. So tonight as we close in worship, you might be weighing some decisions in your head as well. You might be struggling to find even wise counsel on something, and that's okay. Tonight, I just encourage you, we're going to have our prayer team available on the left and right. You can come up for prayer, whether it's a tough decision that you're trying to, to face and you feel like you're facing it alone. There is a wise voice that can be heard and will be able to, to help you in those situations, and we'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you don't know where you're at with God. You might be hearing a loud voice yelling, don't look like a fool. Don't be crazy and raise your hand or come to the altar for prayer. But there might be a quiet, wise voice inside of you saying, come to me, I want to know you, and I want to save you. So I encourage you tonight, please listen to the wise voice and come down and we can walk you through a simple prayer of salvation. It doesn't have to be crazy, but it will be the wisest and the best decision you've ever made in your life. Thank you. I'll go ahead and pray as the worship team comes back up. Yeah, Lord, thank you for um, being present in the moments and the decisions that we have to make um, to recognize that we don't have to make them alone, that your wise voice is discerning and guiding us and showing us what to do next. Tonight, Lord, I just pray over each and every person in the room as they're facing decisions and going into this next week, Lord, just refresh their mind Help them to hear your voice. Help them to hear your wisdom and your discernment as they walk through the next steps and take it one step at a time, Lord. I just pray for each person, anyone who may not know you yet tonight, Lord, just that they can hear that wise voice whispering to come to the front and to, to, to give their life to you, Lord, and to be renewed and revived. So, Lord, we just thank you for each person in this room, and I just pray for protection as they go into this next week and just for discernment and wisdom in every decision that they make. In Jesus' name, amen.